The trade show world continues to evolve. You know, a lot of things have happened in the last week. I'm going to share a couple things with you, but there's a blog post which kind of details more of them at tradeshowguyblog.com, posted uh, just Saturday over the weekend. So, you know, troubling news for the full-on return to events. Uh, more on setbacks than good news. Hey, it's Tim Patterson, and you're watching or listening to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for August 3rd. Find us online at tradeshowguy.net, where you'll find uh, access to books, including either a free digital copy of one book or a free chapter of another, and uh, lots of stuff right there. As I mentioned, there are a number of things in the last week that have kind of uh, put the pending return of trade shows and events into a bit of limbo. I know there's a lot of excitement about uh, getting back to shows. People say, oh, we're back to shows. It's back to normal. But, you know, then all of a sudden we see in the news, and there's been a lot of it in the last week or two. Part of it, part of me thinks, is this the agenda of the mainstream media? Because I have that kind of mindset. Because I, I worked in media for a long time. I guess I still kind of work in media. Or is it what's really, really, really going on? There's there's big surges of uh, COVID and the, the Delta variant and all that stuff. Not enough people are vaccinated. It goes on and on. But some of the things that we're kind of looking at uh, include include these uh, rumors of canceled shows, uh, like in the next couple of weeks, which I don't think they're really canceled, but the rumors certainly made their way around. Clients putting projects on hold going, I don't know about that show in late October. We're just going to wait another couple of weeks. Uh, Freeman sent out a notice requiring anyone on their property or at shows they are working to wear a mask and practice social distancing as of August 3rd over the weekend. They're also requiring all employees to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within the previous 72 hours. And kind of the big thing that came down was uh, as far as the logistics and stuff, classic exhibits, the manufacturer we work with a lot uh, for many, many, many years, do a great job on uh, design and fabrication of booths. They sent out a notice which really had to do with... um, Gosh, uh, shipping requirements, freight size limitations, which really hits the industry hard for a couple of reasons. Uh, and they detail it in a missive, which you can find on my blog at tradeshowguyblog.com. But, but basically, uh, very large oversized crates over certain sizes, like 96 inches, 93 inches in certain dimensions, are going to be charged longer or they just won't take them. And that's really challenging. And so there's a couple of solutions, but it probably will cost more money. But it's just one of those things where which shows that because there's so much backup in all the shipping things moving back and forth and the fact that trade shows, you know, you got to get it by the time the trade show, they have deadlines and all that stuff. Uh, it just is very, very challenging. So I would urge you to check that out, which kind of leads me to this. Uh, possibly a good segue into an introduction uh, to this week's guests. Dr. Stevie Don, who is a speaker, author, business owner, got a master's degree in sociology, a doctorate in leadership. Leadership is very key, I think. And uh, she says she's addicted to coffee, red wine, and sharks, but not necessarily in that order. <laughs> we talk a little bit about that, but we also talked a lot about leadership. And certainly uh, in this day and age, uh, that's very, very important quality. So this is how that conversation went with Dr. Stevie Don. I want to welcome Dr. Stevie Don to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Stevie, it's great to see you. Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here, Tim. On, on, a, on a Monday with coffee, except today I've got <laughs> Diet Coke, but that's where we're at. Yeah, well, we've got the <laughs> coffee in the uh, Hydro Flask cup, so, you know, we're, we're, we're keeping it warm. So I'm just yeah. curious, where are you? I like to find out where people are talking from. I don't know that I know exactly where you are. Oh, yeah. So I'm in Mansfield, Texas, which is right between Fort Worth and Dallas. 
Okay, so Dallas-Fort Worth is a huge metro area. It is. It I is. Do. So we're just one of those suburbs. I got a good friend who's uh, working at a radio station down there, in fact. Uh, nice. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you're a yeah. speaker, author. Uh, you've owned a lot of businesses. You've got degrees in sociology and leadership. And from what I tell from your website, you're like um, addicted to coffee, red wine, and sharks. Tell me about the sharks. I can understand the red wine and coffee, but I mean, that's that's my surprise well, question. I mean, that's standard, right? That's everybody, right? especially after the pandemic. We're all addicted to uh, red wine and coffee. Yeah. Uh, no, so sharks uh, is actually something I totally scared of sharks as a kid. My parents took me to see Jaws when I was like four, which should be illegal and not appropriate. Um, but uh, they thought it was great. I was scared of the water. I did not go in the ocean till my mid twenties. Oh, wow. uh, I was terrified <laughs> that everywhere I went, there was a shark. Um, but my mother has always loved those old bees, like B movie sci-fi creature right. stories. She's always been one of those. So we have watched a lot of shark movies in my lifetime. And I was just going through a rough patch in, in life. I was struggling and, uh, you know, didn't know why I was struggling, thinking about quitting what I was doing, all these things. And my mother said, you know, I think you just need to be the shark. Be the I shark. think you just need to go out there, own your ocean, know that you're <laughs> the predator and just take over, take control of your life. And I was like, yeah, sure, mom. Great. I'm scared of sharks. What is that? Anyway, so I hung up the phone, moved on with my day. But that phrase, be the shark, stuck with me. And uh, I just started saying it to myself. I started using it as a mantra and my life shifted. Uh, Things got better. Things got easier. It gave me confidence. I felt pride. It just really worked for me. And so I decided if I was going to use that as my catchphrase, I needed to not be scared anymore. So I actually went swimming with nurse sharks in Mexico (laughs) to get over my fear um i became addicted to sharks i started watching every shark week doing all the research participating in conservation efforts i really took it on as like this is my patronus this is my guiding light is these sharks and in 2018 i actually won the shark week sweepstakes and got to go cage diving with great white and uh, that was amazing i think if i shift my video here you can even see one up there there you go oh my goodness my husband took that photo from the boat um but yeah so be the shark just is my is my mantra and just helps me to be confident in everything that i do but it came from my mother (laughs) i was gonna say i'm glad i asked because that's quite 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 the story and quite the uh, quite the personal tale as well so yes yes it is yes it is as my mother says now she never thought that just something random she would say on the phone would have such an impact, right? But as a mom, that's like her greatest thing is, oh, it made a difference. It made a difference. Moms like to make a difference. So tell me what you're doing now. Uh, The last couple of years, it says you have a couple of businesses you've owned. Uh, This is the first time we talked about a couple of weeks ago to kind of set this up, but uh, we don't really know each other. So tell me about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have owned several businesses in my, in my time right now. I'm kind of focused on two major ones, but I always have the others in the background. Um, you know, just somebody who always has great big ideas and always thinks that we should just grow a business to do them. I don't know why that's me. That is not in my family. I have no history in that, but it's just who I am as a human. So that's what I do. I get a new idea. Hey, let's start a business. 
Um, but right now, the the two businesses that I focus on is I am a professional speaker and a business coach. So mm-hmm. I do most of my what I call aka professional work in that space. Uh, but my husband and I also started a nonprofit theater company, oh, and nice. we put on theater productions at the local community theater. Um, so that's kind of our our second one that is getting a lot of my attention these days. Um, but you know, Tim, uh, being a professional speaker. In a time when live events, as you well understand, yes. went away. Went away for I guess. Um, yeah. It was it, it was a struggle, right? It, yeah. it definitely twenty twenty definitely made me have to reconsider my business, uh, what I did, how I how I built it, how I used it, how I made money, um, because you know overnight I easily lost a third of my income. Um, and so it was a really trying year, but I'm just happy to say that we survived it and are back to, to getting more on the up uphill slope again, which feels really good. So you do a lot of leadership discussion and training. Uh, that's really what your website focuses on, along with your uh, speakers, uh, your communication. So in the context of uh, corporate leadership, uh, team leadership, such as you know, wrangling a trade show, a marketing team, sometimes you got eight or 10 people or, or 20 people you're working with. What would you say to a, a trade show marketing manager who's delegated with doing all of the, he's in charge or she's in charge? What, what kind of things do you talk to them about? Yeah, well, my number one thing with delegation is, are we doing delegation correctly, right? So there's two ways to delegate, easiest way to look at it. You can either delegate the outcome or you can delegate the process. So a lot of times what happens is we delegate the outcome. Hey, I need this banner put up over there. That's the outcome, get this banner put up. But we don't necessarily tell them the process, like here's how many feet I want it from the stage, here's the direction I want it to face, here's how I want it to look. And we don't tell them all that, we just say, hey, we want the banner put up. That's delegating outcome, which is great as long as you're happy to accept whatever outcome you get. But we all know that there are people that, um, you know, then they do it and then we're stuck there as the leader going, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I I had in mind, right? What we should have done is delegated the process, meaning Uh telling the person step by step what we wanted them to do so that the outcome would be achieved in the way that we wanted it achieved. And what I see in most people is in a time of crisis. They, you know, when it's chaos and everything's moving super fast, they just keep delegating outcomes and then keep redoing work, which isn't helpful and doesn't get it done any faster. You'd be better off to take the extra time to delegate process so that shows up the way you want it done the first time and you don't have to do it yourself. So that's a lot of what I talk about with leaders is delegation and that communication and delegation because I think it's something that we we misstep a lot, all of us in different ways. I mean, heck, I, I delegate to my husband poorly and I should know better, right? So it, it's all of us in different ways, but really thinking about are you delegating the process or are you delegating the outcome will help you through some of that. Well, that's interesting uh, context shift and I, and I, and I like that. It's, the first thing that popped in my mind is how do you keep from going over to the micromanaging aspect mm-hmm. to which uh which you get into it, all the nuts and bolts and details and and take trying to take over everything so that it gets yeah. done the way you want it i can see where you you would have to kind of walk a fine line yeah it's a super fine line right between between that 
I'm giving you the process so that you can do what I need you to do versus I'm watching you like a hawk and making sure you do everything in this way. And I think it really comes to knowing the individual and knowing the person. Right. If they've done this for you hundreds of times, don't micromanage them. They know how to do it. Just delegate the outcome and let it go. But if they're new to your team, this is their first event with you, be okay delegating the process. And I always try and include some softening phrases, right? So saying to somebody, you know what, Tim, I know you know how to do this, but I just want to tell you the process I go through so that you can see it in the vision I have for it, right? But I'm saying, Tim, I know you know how to do this. Tim, I know you're an expert in this, but I want you to make sure, I want to make sure we're on the same page. And the easiest way I can do that is to tell you the process I would take. You're free to change it, but this will get you to the outcome that I want. And that's really the goal. Interesting. And, and what about the big picture, you know, as far as a leadership role, maybe mm -hmm. more writ large? Uh, are you talking about leading by example or leading by telling people what to do? I mean, there's kind of a difference there. You can be a great leader and never really tell people what to do. You can just by just doing what you do the best and people go, oh, I should be like that. Mm -hmm. you know, good, good, good followers or good people that you're delegating with uh, would recognize that. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, you know, I think leading by example is always what we have to try first. I always say try that first, and when it doesn't work, you could come up with a different tact. <laughs> um, because the truth is, leading by example works if the person underneath you feels empowered to then do it themselves. But sometimes when we see somebody leading by example, it makes us go, oh, well, then they don't need me. They don't need me to do it because they're doing it. They've got it all figured out. So I'm just going to sit back here, put my feet up and say, they're cool. I'm good. Right. That's not then helpful as a leader. So we want to lead by example. We want to show people what we're doing and have them see that. But we also want to make sure we don't forget there's a conversation that then needs to happen. Did you see what I did? Right. Like here, let me walk you through why I think this is the way to do things, why I think this gets us to where we want to go. And that encourages and empowers them to then take action themselves. So I think leading by example is always the first step. And then I think we have to remember there's a follow-up conversation that has to happen so that they actually know they're still supposed to do something. Because we have all encountered those people who we thought, well, we showed you how to do it, but at some point they never actually knew they were also supposed to do it. So we still need to have that follow-up conversation after we lead by example. Right, and the communication, we'll get to that in just a second, yeah. but the other thought that yeah. I had is, uh, it's kind of an aside, but uh, you know, hire good people, smart people, there might be even smarter than you, and yeah. let them do their thing. And, and let them do their thing. If, if you, you have an them, expert, you know, yeah. let them be the let expert. Yeah, right. Yes. Now, you may get some outcomes you weren't really expecting, but on the other hand, it may be better than what you uh, really anticipated. So, Indeed. Indeed. And what about communication? Obviously, uh, communication in the last uh, 12 to 16 months has taken a hit. Uh, there's not a lot of face-to-face -face stuff. Yeah. Phone calls seem to have gone the way of, I mean, people's talking on the phone, but there's a lot of this. There's a lot of back yeah. and forth in Zoom. So with communication skills, what kind of things? Obviously, you can easily get distracted. My dog is going to bark. You know, there's going to be the mailman coming to my. How do you uh, talk to people about making sure your communication is on point, succinct, whatever it needs to be in, in this situation? Yeah. yeah, so really what we find in, in kind of this Zoom environment is, to your point, succinct and direct. That's what communication has to be. Stop having hour-long Zoom meetings. Nobody likes them. Everybody hates them. Let's make everything a half hour or less. Um, because people get zoomed out and the longer you force them to stare at the camera, 
the more likely they are to get distracted by something else. So let's make it easy for them, right? Let's have everybody come in. Hey, here's our agenda. Here's the things we need to get done. Roll through it quick, be very direct, kind of give them the, the nuts and bolts and then leave room at the end for some conversation. If anybody has questions, discussion, if everybody's good, give people the gift of time and let them get off yeah. the Zoom, yeah. right? Yeah. Just be like, hey, we're good. You got 10 extra minutes. Awesome, check in with you later. What I've been advising my clients is do more meetings, but shorter and more directed, right? So instead of doing one weekly, one hour meeting, maybe do a half hour meeting at the beginning of the week and a half hour meeting at the end, right? And just split that up because we are so distracted and we have so much else going on in our lives that it is really hard to keep focused for, an, for a large period of time. I've even found in my training seminars, Right, what I used to do as a two hour or three hour session, now that I'm on Zoom, I don't go past 90 minutes because they just cannot stay focused. And that's okay, that's everyone. So we just need to be allowing for that. And I think within this environment, also just understanding that people are distracted. So you might repeat yourself a little bit more than normal, that's okay. It's nobody's fault, nobody's to blame. It's just the environment that we're yeah. in. And it's okay to repeat yourself just for clarification. Never a problem. And I always like the approach on meetings is to ask yourself the question, do we really need this meeting? Can I say it in a memo and just send it out and get and let everyone work? You know, <laughs> I, I, I always say meetings are supposed to be collaborative, not informative. Yeah. So think of that difference, right? So if we're thing. meeting, let's collaborate. There should be discussion items, decisions have to be made, these kinds of things. If it is really just me sharing information, I should be able to do that in a different way. I understand wanting to get eyes on people, right, and have a meeting. But in reality, if I can share it in an email, let me do that and let me save my meeting time for when we can discuss things. Right. Because that's really what meetings are supposed to be about. And I think one last thing I'd like to chat with you about before we wrap it up is that uh, we're going to get back to, we are getting back to face-to-face -face meetings, trade shows, events, conferences. We're going to have one-on-one. -on -one. What kind of communication tips would you give people in those situations, knowing that often those are chaotic situations and you want to get things along, but you want to get the right information. So how do you approach that? What do you tell people? Yeah, so I, I think I would go for three things. Number one, come into a conversation with a purpose. Um, Chit-chat is great. But let's make sure we're chit-chatting at the right times. If we're actually having a conversation, let's come in with a purpose. Here's my intention. Here's what I need to give you in terms of information for you to go do what you need to do. So I think as leaders, we have to be thoughtful of that and intentional in our conversation. Don't kind of wind our way there, but just get there. I think specifically right now, the second thing is we have to give grace. I just went to an event this past weekend that had almost 500 people at it. That felt incredibly awkward. Everybody <laughs> felt awkward. Everybody was unsure how to talk to each other. Like give grace for the fact that the person you may be having a conversation with, they may just be feeling really unsettled in this environment. And so just give them a little bit of grace. If they need a, a little extra time, if they kind of struggle a little bit to process some things, let's just understand it's a hard, hard situation for all of us right, yeah. and that's okay. So I think right now, especially give that grace. And then the third thing I would tell people is let's make sure that we're focused in our conversations. When things are chaotic, what I see happen a lot, especially at big events, is I'm having a conversation with you, but I'm also watching this guy put up a banner and I'm also over here, right? So my neck is doing this. And that means the person in front of me is not getting full focus. 
So I always say the person you're actively talking to deserves 100% of your focus in that moment. Give them the time to give them the focus then go deal with the other situations happening around you. Don't try and be reading everything and taking everything in because it means you're not making as much sense with your mouth. So focus in that conversation, give grace, right? For the fact that it might be a little uncomfortable for people and just really make sure that you have an intention when you come into those conversations and that'll keep everybody on track. And I would add to that, if you're if you're talking to someone one on one and your phone rings, ignore it. Let it go to voice. Ignore it. Yes, it, it'll still it'll yeah. still be there. Right. They'll and still, you can talk to them later. Yeah, you can uh, talk to them later. Yeah. That's Dr. it. Dr. Stevie Don, I really appreciate you. Uh, you've, you've got a Facebook page. So and you've got a web website or two. How can people find you? What's the best place? Absolutely. Best way to find me is just find Dr. Stevie Don. It is Dr. Stevie Don on Facebook, Dr. Stevie Don on Instagram, on LinkedIn, all of the platforms. And the website is www.drstevedon.com. Very good. Thanks, Stevie. I appreciate your time. Thanks again for uh, spending some time. Thank you, Tim, so much. Have a good one. Thanks again to Dr. Stevie Don for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, check the show notes at tradeshowguyblog.com to track her down. But before we close this week's show out, uh, this week's one good thing. I've been kind of looking forward to it. A brand new album from Jackson Brown. I haven't heard from Jackson Brown for quite a while, but he's got a new album out. It's called Downhill from Everywhere. It sounds like a Jackson Brown album. It sounds great. There's a... <laughs> couple of really pointed songs he gets political of course he doesn't pull any punches which he never has anyway and there's a really great song that's eight or nine minutes that wraps it up i think it's called song for barcelona which i kind of related to because i spent my honeymoon in barcelona almost 10 years ago uh spent like a week and a half in barcelona so i'm familiar with the city but to hear him uh sing about it and you know sounds like something from spain uh really cool album i think if you're like jackson brown or even if you don't it's worth checking out it's brand new he's you know hitting 70 or or more by now (laughs) uh and so he is an artist at the uh the height of his game as it were check it out it's tim patterson it's trade show guy monday morning coffee we'll do it again soon thanks